thankful that we can sit at your feet and just hear your word. For your word is life. And it gives life to those who hear them cry. Lord, all I ask this day, God, is that you touch my lips, God, with the coals from heaven. Lord, let everything that is spoken come out just the way you want it to be. So your people will be edified. Your people will be encouraged to grow and to walk with you as you desire. In Jesus' name, amen Amen and amen. amen. It's good to stand before you this morning to bring the word of the Lord. Pastor sends his greeting. He's going to be gone for one more week, so you have to bear with me another week. I'll be here before you again next Sunday. Amen. Amen. All right. In the past few weeks, God has really been dealing with me about a lot of things, a lot of things. One thing with God is you never get to a level at your faith where you feel I've arrived. And if you feel that way, something is wrong. We always grow it's from glory to glory to glory to glory. And God has really been dealing with me about a lot of things. As you know, I'm, I wear a lot of hats. As a minister, as an anointed woman of God, I believe I am. And also as a businesswoman in the medical industry. And so there's this struggle where you know what God says and you've spoken to your heart and you know what you believe and then you see some things and you're just like, I'm stumped. You know, this is just seem impossible. And so you go back and forth. And so God has been dealing with me about that and I have had to repent a lot before him. And I've come to the conclusion that no matter what I see and experience or the information or the statistics right in front of me, the just shall live by faith. That's the end of the matter. The just shall live by faith. That's what we've been called to do. We are the just and God says all we do, everything we do is going to be by faith. Our faith in him is what gives substance, is what manufactures everything we want from him. That's the end of the matter. And that's what as believers we must always come to. No matter how it looks, no matter what it seems like, no matter the information you have or in the information the world gives you. We live by faith. It is a walk of faith. There's always something else to do. There's always something more to do for God. There's always another level to go to. So this morning I'll be sharing with you what God has been working with me on. And I just simply titled it, Nothing is Impossible. Nothing is Impossible. Nothing is Impossible. How many of you have faced impossibilities? I wish I had more than two hands. I probably have my legs up and, you know, everything up. We've all been there. Impossibilities. In your personal life. In your workplace. In your physical body. In your finances. Even in your marriage. 
Things that just seem impossible. When you look at it, you're just like, Lord, this is not going to work. How can this go? I mean, how can this work? The statistics are against me. The information is against me. Everything humanly possible, humanly known says this cannot be done. Lord, what will I do? And what we could, what we could tend to do or what we tend to do is we just give up and it just becomes the same thing over and over and over and over and over. But hear me, hear me good this morning. If you name the name of Christ, there must be and there should be a difference between you and those people that are not saved. If you cannot overcome, you've not achieved what you've been called to do. The only reason we have things in our life that we have to overcome is this. We have been called overcomers. And overcomers, you know what they do? They overcome. That is it. Anything you face is for you to overcome it and to win that prize, it says in Revelation, that are available to only those who overcome. That's why we have impossibilities in our lives. So that the overcomer can have something to overcome. This message is not intended to condemn anyone. Like I said, I have, this has been for me. And God just said, share it with your, my people. The other day I was coming from work, carrying my charts and my bag, everything. And right as I was about to take the step, I, it's like you heard God say, why don't you do this like two or three times? Take the things in, they're just too many. But oh no, it was too hard. I had to carry everything at one time. And right as I was about to get in the house, just in front there, I slipped, missed my step, and there I was on my back. Immediately, without even thinking about it, I just jumped up, looked around me. (laughs) Because there is something inside of us that does not want to be laying back there on your back. Have you thought about that? There is something God has put on the inside of you, on the inside of me, to be overcomers. But what the world has done is it has told us so much that we cannot overcome, that we just lay back there, you fall down, you just lay back there and just like, everybody come see me. I'm on my back, you know. Get up. That's why the Bible says the righteous man may fall seven times, but guess what? You get up, you shake yourself and you get up and you keep going. That's what this is all about. I feel that. The earth is groaning. The earth is waiting for the manifestations of the sons of the living God. This time, I mean, no, this is not milk stuff. This is meat. This is hard meat. And you all are going to chew it. Amen. Let's go to Matthew chapter 17. Amen. Ooh, I feel good. Hmm. You know how it is, how you, re- you read a story over and over again, and then you go back and God starts to show you some things, and you're just like, ooh, you just have some Holy Ghost time in your room all by yourself. This is what happened when I read this story again, as God showed me so many things. Matthew chapter 17, nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. Matthew 17, I'm going to read it through, and then I'm going to come back and I just piece Go down and just piece everything down so we can really, really get the meat of these scriptures. From verse 14, it says, And when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic 
and suffers severely. For he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I, excuse me, so I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. But they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, Oh, faithless and perverse generation. Perverse? Oh, faithless and perverse generation. How long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil, and it came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came now. They were ashamed now. (laughs) They came to him privately and said, Why could we not do it? Why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, because of your own belief, period. For assuredly, for I put all my weight behind my word. For without a doubt, I said to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move and nothing Nothing, 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 nothing will be impossible to you. Does Jesus mean this? However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. I'm going to come back to this. Let's go look at two scriptures and I'll come back and piece this, these scriptures, these verses down and, and just break it down. Luke chapter 18, verse 27. But he, talking about Jesus now, said, The things which are impossible with men, impossible with men, are possible with God. Notice who says it's impossible. Who? Men, right? Men says it's impossible. The world says it's impossible. Statistics say it's impossible. And the information we have says it's impossible. But if you're sitting down here today, you're sitting here on this lights right here, about 200 years ago, could anybody have thought that you would switch a fleet, uh, uh, um, flip a switch, right? That you would flip a switch and the light would come on? I still, uh, if everybody was like me, we'd probably be in the caves now because some things just boggle me. I just can't figure it out. How do you get in a plane and you say, I'm going to you know, New York, there's no road in the sky. How does it know to get to New York? You know, but people came up and thought about those things, things that were impossible. People did them. I mean, Stephen, all of you were here three weeks ago, four weeks ago when Joanne Hunter was here. You remember that young man who prayed, who came out, that was prayed for, and he laid hands on the other guy who was in the wheelchair? Stephen was riding his uh, dirt bike and he flew out of the bike and his bro- he broke his C2 and C3 right here at the base of the cerebellum. Now, the medical knowledge I have, if that happens, you don't even live because that's what controls your breathing. Then, if by miracle you live, there's no way you can walk. I mean, you're going to be paralyzed from your neck down. Christopher Reeve had a C3, C4 injury. This young man had a C2, C3 injury. 
That's why I said God has been dealing with me about some things. And here is this man walking on his two feet. He's driving now. They live in Hockley. He's driving from Hockley now to College Station on his own for continue. He's still having therapy. And I'm just looking at him. I'm like, Lord, explain this to me. And God said, nothing is impossible. It's how far you're willing to believe. And I was talking to the young man and I said, he said, they told me I, could, I, I wouldn't even leave. They told my parents to prepare for me at my funeral. There's no way I'll make it. He said, but somehow on the inside of me, when I heard them saying that, I, told, I just told myself, I'll walk again. Amen. He's walking. He's only 18 or 19 now. On his feet. It's impossible that that young man should be walking. If you look at information, if you look at statistics, and if you look at what the world says. That's the same thing God is expecting from us. What is that dream that God gave to you? That you heard his word, his word. You heard it, you know what he told you to do. Peter, when he was wanting to walk to Jesus, he said, Jesus, I don't know about anything. They're saying it's a ghost, but if it's you, bid me to come. And all Jesus said, he doesn't waste words. He said, come. And when he said that word, come, and it was revealed, all the others... When the boat, they heard the same word. But it was to Peter that it became Rema. It was the him that it was revealed to. And on that one word, come, there was the power, there was the provision, there was everything necessary for Peter to defy gravity and do exactly what Jesus had done. So all you need to do is to hear the word from Jesus. And nothing will be impossible to you. But you know what we do? We listen to that TV and they tell us their vision. I told my children, I said, you know what a television is? Tell a vision. That's why I don't let you all watch TV because they want to tell you their vision and it's against this vision. No. I'm not saying that. There are some things I let them watch, but one hour, that's it. Because they want to tell you their vision. So the word has so told us their vision that we now don't take the word of God and step out and do what God has told us to do. And the world is waiting for you and for me. Amen? Mm. Mark chapter 10 verse 27. But Jesus looked at them and said, With men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God, all things are possible. Before now, when I read this scripture, you know what I, what I thought? And most, most of you probably didn't think, think that way. But what I probably thought, and let's see if that's what some of you thought too. This scripture, I thought it meant, with man, there are some things that are impossible. But God does everything. God can make everything possible, but there are just some things a man cannot do because it's impossible to him. But no, let's read this scripture again. And I'm going to make you see something here today. The emphasis is with. 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 If you are with man, it would be impossible. But if you're with God, all things are possible. So the question is, who are you with? Who am I with? He's not saying that man cannot do things that are impossible. And that it's only God that can do things that are impossible. He's saying everything you do is going to be dependent on who you are with. 
If you are with men, if you are with statistics, if you are with your emotions, if you are with what the world is telling you, this can never be done, it will never be done. But if you say, God, I'm, this, I'm in, in this with you all the way. I don't care if they laugh at me. I don't care how the beginnings are, no matter how small it is. I heard your word just like Peter. You said, come, Lord, I'm coming. I'm with you, God. We are partners in this. We are tied to the hill. That's it. If you say that to God and you mean it, nothing, nothing, I promise you, can take that word to the bank. Nothing will be impossible with you. The problem has never been God being with us. His word told us he will be with us, right? To the very end. The problem is, who are we with? One day we are with God because we heard a very, very exciting message. The next day, the world, the TV, whatever it is, we hear the emotions, the statistics. And we say, oh, ah, not me. Not me. Maybe Sister, you know, Pat. You know, Sister Pat prays very strong. Maybe she, you know. Or, you know, Ravi's, you know, she has, you know. But me, I don't have the education. I don't have the looks. I can't speak very well. I have an accent. Ah, nobody in my family has ever done it. Why, why me? Ah. And then you, 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 you're not with men. And nothing will be possible with you because you're not with men. Mm. Remember Moses. Moses, as he was leading the children out of Israel, they came to the Red Sea. That was impossible, right? Nothing, nothing, not, nobody's ever done that before. And they were like, we're, we're going to kill you, Moses. You brought us out here to die. And Moses went to God and said, God, you, you told me you're with me. And God said, okay, what can we walk with here? That road you have, maybe stretch it out. Let's see. And he stretched it out and that sea parted because God, the Bible said, because God was with Moses. And Moses was with God. They cooperated. And once that was done, the impossibility became suddenly destroyed. And it became possible. The problem is not whether God is with us. And we are so, I mean, I'm, I, I've said it and I'm sure a lot of us here have said it. When we've prayed, we, oh God, I've done all I know to do. God, I've done all I know to do. The day I said that and God said, have you done all that is possible to be done? I was like, mm-mm. He said, okay, until you've done all that is possible to be done, don't say you've done all you know to do. You have your part, and I'll come down to that. You have your part, I have my part. You do your part, and you see my hand. So there is nothing impossible. Be encouraged. Go back home tonight and say, Lord, I'm cleaning that slate. We're starting all over again. Because I have things I need to do. The time is going. Let's get busy. Now we're going to go back to that Matthew 17. And I'll read from verses 14 to 16. These are the keys. These are the keys. These are the truths that we must know and we must have if we want to overcome any impossible situation in our life. It says in verse 14, And when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely. For he often falls into the fire and often into the water. 
So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Just because they could not cure him did not mean this boy could not be cured. Just because you've been in that healing line over and over and over and nothing has happened doesn't mean God is giving up on you. Just because you've tried to start that business and it's failed for hundred million times doesn't mean God has abandoned you. Take it to Jesus. Thank God for that father who didn't give up and said, oh, these men are anointed. They've been with the master. They've done things too. My case is different. My case is different. I'm going to take my, my son is never going to be healed. You know, he's going to die. Thank God for the faith of that father. That said, you know what? Even when they could not do it, does not mean this child cannot be cured. Even if they couldn't do it, I'm going to take it to Jesus. Because I've seen him do it before. And my case cannot be different. That must be the attitude we must have. Mm. We base things on based on what people have done, what people have not done. Oh, if it's been done before, yes, I can do it. If it's never been done before, oh no, it's, it can't be done. There was a time nobody's ever run a mile in four minutes. It was completely impossible until a guy in the UK decided, I'm going to do it. And then he went and did and ran a mile for four minutes. Now people are running a mile for three and a half or three something few minutes. One, it takes one person. It takes you, you, you to break the barrier. It takes, that's all. That's all. Hallelujah. Matthew 17, verse uh, 17. Then Jesus answered and said, Oh, faithless and perverse generation. How long shall I be with you? How long shall I be with you? How long will you be a Christian and have the word? How long? How long? Bring him here to me. He called them faithless and perverse. We call the man who abuses children a perverted person. You know, in the eyes of God, he's perverted when we don't do it in faith. In the eyes of God, is perverted when you can, because he's, to him is normal, right? To him, you can sense this frustration in the, in, the, in, the, in the voice of Jesus here. Because he's like, you should be able to do this. How long am I going to be with you? You know, you know you can do this. You know you can do it. So if, it's, if this kid wasn't done, if it wasn't done by you, it's perverted. If you call somebody a pervert now because they didn't believe, guess what? Not only would they believe, they will sue you. <laughs> When I, that's why I said, Jesus, I, when I read his words, you know, good luck and I were doing a study on the sayings of Jesus. It is just, he just says it as it is. He don't, he just says it. And sometimes that's what we need to do. Just, the truth is the truth. Just say it as it is and believe God. That those that are, you're saying it to receive it in the spirit, that you're saying it not to condemn anybody, but just to make them to, to put that fire underneath their tail a little bit. And get them off their warm, you know, comfortable seat so they can go out and do what God has called them. So they can fulfill their destinies. That's it. That's right. So we can all fulfill our destinies. Yes. 
He told them, bring him here to me. Bring him here to me. When you don't know what else to do, take it to Jesus. Take it to, that's the advantage we have. That's the difference. We have him with us. When you can't do it, when it, when it just stumps you, take it to him. Take it to Jesus. He's able to take care of it. He's really able. Trust him. Matthew 17, 18, he says, And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Jesus rebuked the devil. You know what we would do as men? If it, if it was me, I would first look at the boy. Oh, oh, baby, look at all those cars. Oh, how long has this been? Oh, poor baby. We would treat the symptoms instead of going to the root of the matter. And that's what there's a tendency to do when something is happening. We tend to look at the symptoms. And instead of going deep, deep down and getting to that root and pulling that root out. So, you know, low self-esteem. You're, for some reason, you just don't ever feel that you measure up. You just, you doubt yourself everywhere. You know, you just don't, even if you have all the money in the world to do the thing, every, you give, somebody gives you a million dollars, I give the next person a million dollars six, seven months from now, yours is all gone. Just, and you're wondering, there is a reason. There's a root of the matter. And if you start taking it to Jesus, he will show you the root of the matter. Because sometimes you have to deal with the root. You have to pull it from the root for that matter to be completely resolved. I can never forget when I was just in, in my first year in grad school, we had this patient. We went for clinicals and this lady was in bed. If you looked at her, she looked wonderful but it says she's not been able to walk for three months because she had this huge ulcer on her leg huge ulcer but she was sitting down in bed with the covers over her legs and everything and she was talking fine but she wasn't walking she wasn't doing whatever she needed to do she couldn't do nothing and they said okay let's um, look at the wound and they took the thing off and took the bandages off and when I looked at it Oh my God, that thing was, and it was, I mean, big, big, all the way like that. And it had eaten deep, uh, but it had an, we call it an esca. That's like a, a covering. If you look at it, you think it's healing because it had that esca, brownish, darkish, blackish kind of thing over it. You would think it's healing. But she told me, my, my instructor said, no, said beneath that, beneath that seeming, healing whatever is pus and green stuff and infection and everything and she said what we need to do is we are going to take a knife a surgical knife you have one i'll have one we're going to give her a shot of morphine and we're going to start cutting away at these dead areas this i was like you gotta be kidding me no 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 and that's why to this day i won't care mm, 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 cut me out i said no so she said, okay, you give the shot. So I gave this lady the morphine. We talked until the morphine took hold. And this woman sat there, took this leg and put it on a stool, and meticulously just took that dead skin until that wound was raw and bleeding. And I said, ah, this is what God means for us to let him heal our wounds, huh? 
You don't cover that headache with a towel and all. Why the headache in the first place? You don't just cover that wound with all those bandages. Get to that wound. Get to the center of the thing. It might bleed. Believe me, it will bleed when God is dealing with some issues. But that's the only way you're going to heal. And over this time of that clinical rotation, gradually you come back, the wound is healing from the inside out. It has good, we call it good granulation tissue. It was healing. Before I left, that thing was almost gone. And this woman was beginning to take some steps again. I said, that's it. So you have to. Jesus rebuked the demon. Don't treat the symptoms. If you have what I call tendencies, if you have a, a tendency to be unforgiving, things happen and you just get angry and you have a hard time forgiving people, and you know it, you know there's something wrong. Why can't I forgive? Or you have a tendency of telling lies, or you have a tendency of doing some things, you better take it to Jesus and tell him, Lord, you need to show me the root of this matter. Because I know if I don't deal with it, I will never grow with you because you are always condemned. And if you're condemned, you pray, you believe your prayers are not answered, you will never be effective for him. Right? So you need to allow Jesus. Jesus rebuked the devil. Rebuked the devil, not the symptoms. Rebuked the devil and he came out. And the kid, when that was taken care of, the child was cured. Amen? Then the disciples came to Jesus privately, Matthew 17, 19. And said, why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, simple, because of your unbelief. Because of your unbelief. For assuredly, for verily, verily, for I tell you without a doubt. If, if you have faith as a mustard seed, and I'll come to this, I have time. If you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible to you. I want to, because of your unbelief, that's my emphasis now. Belief versus unbelief. What is belief and what is unbelief? Belief simply means action. Jesus said you could not cast it out because of your non-action. You did nothing. We don't know the whole story of what really happened. But from what Jesus just said now, there was something they did not do. That's why that demon did not come out. Because of your non-action. Believing is action. You can say you believe. If you don't act, you really don't believe. You believe these chairs are going to hold you. That's why you're sitting on it. If you didn't believe, you'll be standing. You believe that plane will take you from Houston to New York. That's why you get on it. If you don't believe, you're not going to get on it. You go to a doctor's office and they give you a prescription. You've never seen, you, you never went to medical school. You probably don't see that doctor's certificate, but he just wrote on his door something, something, MD or something, something, NP. And so you know that he's trained to write a prescription and give to you. You take that prescription from that doctor and you go into a pharmacy. You go in there, I have a prescription to fill. You've never met that pharmacist before. You don't know if he's going to put poison in that bottle and give to you. But you believe that somehow that doctor, you don't even know how the degree or if he really does have a degree, wrote some squiggly things in a prescription that you cannot read. And he takes it and, and you take it and go to the pharmacy. You believe exactly what he told you. See, God has given us all a measure of faith. We have faith. It's just when the, the devil has done it that in the things of the world, we, sh we use our faith. But when it comes to the things of God, we don't use our faith. 
That's the subtle thing the enemy has done. So you take that prescription and this pharmacy, they put some, some, some capsules, some bottles, some have different colors here and there, and they give it to you and you believe it's what it is. And you go home and you take that pill two or three times a day, just like he said to do. That's a lot of faith. That's a lot of faith. Because I can tell you a lot of mistakes are made. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm in that field. I'm telling you, it, patients have a lot of faith in us. It's amazing. They can come in and just be well, looking happy and smiling. And you look at that test result and you say, ooh, there's a mass in your lung. They, 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 they are dead already. The fear, you can just see that spirit of death. Mm. Yeah, just in the words of man. We have a prescription, babe. People... God has written, there's millions of prescriptions in here. All you need to do is find your own prescription. The prescription is being filled, guess who? By, by the blood of Jesus. And your prescription is waiting at the pharmacy of God and they are calling you to come pick it up and yes, you don't want to show up. You do what you believe. If you don't believe, you really don't do it. That's just the truth. If you really believe it, you will do it. And that's why we really need to cry out to God. I just like God has been dealing with me. Really, you know, really, really, really boohooing on my face. God, help my unbelief. Like that man that said, I want to believe God. I, I, I have a heart to believe. I love you, Lord. I want to believe. But when I don't, help me to believe. And he will. He will, because he wants you to be all that he's made you to be. The Bible says in Ephesians, you've been predestined. Before you were created, God called your name and had some things lined up for you. And he wants you, more than you want it, to fulfill every one of that. He, if he can break his heart, if his heart can be broken, he wants it more than you do. And so he's going to give you every ability. He's going to give you everything that you need to achieve that. Amen. All we just need to do sometimes is just say, oh, no matter how this situation looks, I'm going to step out. And it's okay to, to miss it. Believe me. Sometimes you have to miss it to get it. You know, you really have to. You really have to. But that doesn't mean it's not possible. Now, what is the action required to overcome impossibilities? Because Jesus just told them, it's because of your non-action, because of your unbelief, that's why that impossible situation, that kid could not be cured. Now, what is the action required for us to get that impossibility destroyed, that barrier broken? It's very subtle in that word, and I want you to see it. I want you to see it. I want you to see it. Jesus said to them, Matthew 17, 20, Because of your unbelief, for I surely I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible to you. What we've always placed emphasis on is mustard. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed. Uh-huh, that's not what Jesus is saying. You could have put apple there. You could have put tomato seed there. So the emphasis was not on, on mustard. And he's not saying you don't have faith. 
You already have, the Bible says God has dealt every man a measure of faith. He's saying here, if you treat your faith that you have as you would treat a seed, then you will say to that mountain in your life, move, and it will move from you. You have to treat your faith like you would treat a seed. Am I making sense? You have to treat your faith the same way you treat a seed. See, God has his part, and we have a part. When God's giving you his word, he wants you now to treat. The word of God is a seed. He says that in Luke 8, uh, 8 verse uh, 11, chapter 8 verse 11, says the seed is the word of God. That word of God is seed. He says in First Peter somewhere, First Peter one twenty three, that the seed of the word of God is incorruptible, which means that seed will always produce, will always produce. If you treat it like a seed, and if you attend to it like a seed, you just don't throw tomato seeds in your garden and go away and just ding, come back next week. I'm expecting to have some big delicious tomatoes. We don't do that in the natural. You don't take an apple seed and just throw it away in the ground and go away and expect three years later that you're going to come back and meet red delicious apples in it. We don't. In real life, we don't. But you know what? That's what we do with the word of God. We come to church and we hear a promise or we hear a scripture and we say, oh, that's nice. I believe that for myself, God. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. But then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you don't do anything with the seed. The seed of God, the seed of the word of God, for it to bring fruit, you have to intentionally and purposely pay attention to it. Let's see what the Bible says in Proverbs 4, 20 to 22. It says, my son, give what? Attention to my words. Give attention to my words. That is what we must do with the word of God. Give it attention. This is where we are missing it. This is it. This is it. We have a promise from God. We are all excited about it. We, we, we know, yes, but we don't pay attention to that word. And what I mean by that, we don't intentionally and on purpose put it, as it says there, if you keep going, it says, incline your ears to my sayings. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. And for something to be planted in your heart, you have to say it over and 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 over till it takes root and it's in your heart. So four areas, when you hear the promise of God and when God gives you a word, you must purposely and immediately put it in your ears, in your eyes, in your mouth, in your heart. And do it continuously and do it on purpose. This is where the crowd small. Everybody gets excited. You wonder why it's only a few people that really do? Because we all get excited, but nobody's ready to do this hard work. Where I tell myself, God, I'm believing you for that new sanctuary. Or I'm believing you. I've, I love good things. I don't know about, I love good things. I came from a, a background. We didn't have much. So I told myself, God, I'm going to make it in life. So a few years ago, when things were looking like it would not happen, I said, you know what? 
God, and he taught me this principle. So I said, okay, because before I thought if I just take the scripture and put it on my refrigerator door, and you know, maybe once or twice a year, look at it and say, oh, that's really the scripture that's been there. Oh, God, oh, I thank you. Uh Uh-uh. God said, no, put it where you know. You will see it maybe twice a day, maybe three times a day. You say those scriptures to yourself. You thank God for it and call those things that be not as though they are. And then you get the scriptures and you're reading them. Maybe about four or five times a week, you just sit down and just read and to yourself and just read. Maybe there's a tape that just, when you hear that tape, it just makes you think you can climb any mountain. And you listen to that, that tape over and 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 over again. Until what, the enemy, if the enemy comes to you, you know what you're going to do? You don't know who you're dealing with, Satan. So God told me, said, okay, what kind of house do you want? I said, oh, you don't want to know. He said, what kind of house do you want? I said, now, okay, Lord, you said the desires of, your, of my heart, you give it to me, right? So I was looking through one homekeeping thing one day, housekeeping magazine. I saw this house. I said, mmm, this is it. So I cut the picture out. In my bathroom door on the right where I brush my teeth every morning, right on the kitchen, on the cabinet, the medicine cabinet, I have a picture right there of the house I want, and I have a picture beneath it of the church I want us to build. And I know at least two times a day I'm going to brush my teeth, right? So when I wake up in the morning as I'm brushing my teeth, my hand is on there. Lord, I thank you. I call those things that be not as though they are, Lord. That house, I'm going to build a house just like that. That church, ooh, Lord, thank you. For, I see it. And you know what God did? About, about three months or so ago, I was doing that in the, because I put my hand there as I'm brushing my teeth. And God said, look at that house. And I looked at it. And it just dawned on me. God said, you know what? The house you're planning to build now, you know, it's, it's better than that. And I just, I just looked at my, I, I just, I, I just lost it. Because I went back in my thoughts. I said, this God, you, you're just too much. You are just too, because really, when that was done, that was when we couldn't, we couldn't eat in my house. Sometimes, good luck and I would go hungry because there was just no money. And it was because we were trying to do ministry. He had left his job and I was in grad school. The things were just... And I said, Lord, aren't you really awesome? And it's true. Today, if I want to build a house bigger than that, I can. God has blessed us with four acres of land to build a house on. In Cypher, where they said to buy... And I know how much God allowed us to... I know what God has done in our life. Just by us continuously calling those things that be not as though they are. The church is not, it's coming. Yeah. I don't see it yet, but if that principle worked, that's how you attend to the word of God. I'm just telling you what we do. Because if you see people and you see that, you have to. This is the word of God. You have to do it. So my, I'm encouraging you this, this morning. So that when you go, you know now when he says, attend to my word, what it means. Pay attention to it. Pay attention to it on purpose. On purpose and continuously. Don't do it one, have one week and give up. 
continuously. Because if you do that, it becomes planted inside of you. And then the, the sky is the limit. Nothing will be impossible to you. Hallelujah. Mm. But now as you do that, remember there are seeds. And some Mark told me that this morning and he's just like, I'll add that on. I, know, I don't know if we have time, but that's so good. Remember, there are kinds, different, different kinds of seeds. See, some seeds we have a shorter time to harvest. And there are some seeds that will be a little bit longer. So whatever seed you've planted, as long as you're doing your part, God will make sure you get your harvest. That is for that appointed seed. And the last scripture I'm going to show before I close to you says just that. In Genesis 18, 10 to 14, I'll read through it and I will emphasize the one I want to talk about. Talking to Abraham now, when he met, when the, the Lord appeared to him and those strangers, those three uh, visitors came and he was attending to them, let's feed them, Sarah, you know, let's kill a calf. And, and you know, as they were doing that, one of the angels said, where is Sarah, your wife? And he said, she's going to have a son. He said, and the Bible says, Sarah laughed on the inside of her. I'm kind of building up to where this, where I start here. And here the, the, the angel said, I will certainly return to you. He said, why did Sarah laugh? He said, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. And behold, Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Sarah was listening in the tent, which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, old, well advanced in age. And Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. You know what that says? Abraham was dead. Dead, 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 you know? You understand what I'm saying, right? And Sarah had, you know, the same thing. Everything was dead and gone. Nay, nay, nay. And that's why Sarah laughed. Sarah, excuse me? Oh, yeah, right. After I have grown old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord, being old also? Again, after? No, please, Lord. And the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh, saying, shall I surely bear a child since I'm old? And if you have your Bible, I want you to mark this in red, yellow, white, whatever you can mind. Is anything too hard for the Lord? When that thing comes to you and just stumps you, you need to say, is anything too hard for you, Jehovah? Amen. And he's going to look at you and say, no, baby. Nothing is too hard for me. He says, at the appointed time, at the appointed time, at the appointed time, at the appointed time, there is an appointed time and a due season. At the appointed time, your seed has an appointed time. At the appointed time, I will return to you according to the time of life. Each seed has a time of life. Each seed has an appointed time. The time it takes for that to happen, pressure. The enemy is going to put pressure on you to give up on your seed. My, my uh, family, please don't. Please don't. Pay attention to the promise. Keep it before your eyes. Keep it in your mouth. Let it go through your ears. Do it over and over and over and over and over and over again till it takes root in your heart. So that when the enemy comes at you, what comes out of the inside of you is confidence towards the things of God. Confidence that what he's promised, he's able to fulfill. Amen? Amen. I hope you've been blessed this morning.
I hope you've been challenged this morning. I hope I've put some fire behind you this morning to let you know that that promise, that word you heard from God will come to pass if you don't give up. Amen? Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. All things are possible. All things are possible. Let's just raise your hands and, and receive that. Lord, nothing is impossible with you. Lord, we repent where we have given up, God. We are dusting those dreams up, God. We're going to get a duster and dust them back up. Dust them all back up. Because there's nothing you cannot do. You're willing and able and ready to use us. Where the enemies told us we don't measure up. We don't have what it takes. We don't have the right education. We don't have the right looks. We don't speak right. We don't fit the, 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 the description of who can do that kind of a thing. Lord, we repent because you made us wonderful. You said we are wonderfully and fearfully made. You've put everything inside of us to achieve and to go forth and do all that you've called us to do. Lord, we give you praise today, God. We give you glory today, God. All things are possible. All things are possible. Help us to attend, pay attention to your word, the promise you've given us. Not attention to the problem, but attention to your word. To put it before our eyes, before our ears, in our mouth and planted in our heart. Continuously and on purpose. We give you praise for it, Lord. Thank you, Father. And the people of God said, Amen. Amen. Woo! Thank you, Lord.